Hello and welcome to the Real Friends Who Read Books podcast, where my friends and I force each other to read books we wouldn't typically read because that's what a book club is all about. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Erica and Mary Page. Every month, we'll dive into one of our picks, exploring the themes and characters and whatever else comes along the way. You know, like a book club, but without the snacks. This is Real Friends Who Read Books. These are my real friends, and we've got some books to read. Let's get to it. This week, we're discussing The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. And now for the back cover summary. The circus arrives without warning. No announcements precede it. It is simply there when yesterday it was not. Within the black and white striped canvas tents is an utterly unique experience full of breathtaking amazements. It's called Le Cirque de Rave, and it's only open at night. But behind the scenes, a fierce competition is underway, a duel between two young magicians, Celia and Marco, who have been trained since childhood expressly for the purpose by their mercurial instructors. Unbeknownst to them, this is a game in which only one can be left standing. Amidst the high stakes, Celia and Marco soon tumble headfirst into love, setting off a domino effect of dangerous consequences, leaving the lives of everyone from the performers to the patrons hanging in the balance. Okay. Vibe check! Are we feeling enchanted by this magical circus? What are your feelings of the overall tone of this book? I did not expect to like this book. Just by the title alone. A circus? (laughs) Hell no. Yet, this was such a pleasant surprise. I loved the circus. I loved the magic. It was spectacular. Wow. Unexpected. Mm -hmm. I like that. And then I regret to inform you this wasn't for me. (laughs) Oh, I really wanted to like this one based on the description, based on the title. But then when I got into it, I felt like we maybe didn't get a really meaty story, but gorgeous Mm. writing, absolutely beautiful writing, a lot of very pretty sentences paired together. That's a valid point. Gorgeous writing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. I loved this, the feels of this book. I typically, we know this, I typically am not a fan of descriptive writing uh, at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, this was just such a different experience for me. I don't know what the difference was. Magic. Maybe the mat is, yeah, it's the magic. You're right. <laughs> um, but I really got lost in like the story and the environment where the story was taking place. Like I felt like I was walking around in the circus when it was being described and that was really super fun for me there's a lot of really detailed scene setting yes Yes. you did feel like you were there Mm -hmm. this is why i like descriptive writing unlike (laughs) everyone else (laughs) on this podcast You know what I'm you know what I'm learning about myself is that I say I don't like things, but that's not necessarily always the case. If it has magic or murder or Mayhem. something in it, I will like anything that I read. Basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. What a contradiction we all are. Alright, so in the beginning of this book we're introduced to two young people, Marco and Celia, that are unknowingly set up to be a part of an elusive yet magical competition to the death. 
which dun, dun, dun. whoever thought you'd say that sentence. Mm. <laughs> um, only one of them can win, and they spend their entire upbringing preparing for this contest. How did their training differ, and did this offer either one a leg up in the competition? Well, Marco was basically locked inside with books to study and learn on his own, whereas Celia was a natural, so her training was more physical. I mean, her dad literally sliced her fingertips open for her to be forced to learn how to heal. I mean, talk about hands-on. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Too much of a dad joke? Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't make that any better, what you said. Oh. Okay, so if I were Marco, I would have been screwed because I need someone propelling <laughs> the work forward for me. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I mean, I think I could do a self-paced study. I can do it. I, yeah. I could not. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm just saying that and I think it's true or if I'm saying that and it's actually true. I think I could do it. See, I need a deadline or else I don't okay, do that's it. True. I'll just... but, isn't the dead... <laughs> but isn't the deadline the competition? Like, you know what's happening. That's the deadline. But it's such but... a confusing, like... But we're all trying to figure the rules out. Yeah, we're... Yeah, no we're one knows. The rules. <laughs> right. And I don't even know if they... I don't even know if they understood that they were in a competition when they were super young. That's true. I think that's it was true. only once right. they were older... He was just literally not given any context, just thrown into a room with true. some books. And Learn. The guy's, like, the guy's like, see you in a week. <laughs> I yeah. think Celia had a leg up, mm -hmm. but I feel like Marco worked smarter, not harder. Yeah. yeah. It, towards the end, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. So I feel like he ended up having the leg up. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, I think because he didn't, because it wasn't natural to him, he had to work twice as hard to it. And yeah. yeah, he did the like the fire thing to hold everything together, so he didn't have to be there. Whereas right. Celia like had to be there and did all of these things at once. Like he didn't really have to worry about it. It's just like cool. He's like, yeah, there you go. And she's all like, ah! <laughs> she's holding the circus up by her magic shoulders. Yeah. Carrying very, a team on her back. Very strong right. shoulders she has. <laughs> right. Oh, goodness. Okay, moving on. Uh, there are so many characters in this book, like so many. Um, I noted every character that I came across in this book, and there are a lot of them especially those who are connected to the circus. There are a lot of different people that are connected to the circus. Who are some of your favorites and why? Okay, so how do you say her name? Tsukiko? Yes. Tsukiko. Her. I don't think I can pronounce that. <laughs> and I don't want to try and embarrass myself. <laughs> but she was the definition of cool. So I really liked her because she was kind of like quiet, like... You didn't know that she was a badass, but find out yeah. later that she was. And mm -hmm. then I don't know why, but Mr. Barris or Ethan Barris as well. <laughs> don't even know why, but something I was just attracted to him. Don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love that Mr. I kind of I I get that though. I don't get it. I don't but I don't. Like I just I don't know why. He was just like a little cute character. Yeah, just a little nice side. 
I gotta say, these character names are absolutely wild. Widget, Poppet. <laughs> Does that make anyone else think of Pirates of the Caribbean? Come on. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so those two are on the top of my list for the sheer creativity and naming them. But also, can you tell me who had an Irish accent? Did either of you do the audiobook here? Mm-mm. Damn it. No. So neither of you can tell me who had an Irish accent? No. I'm so mad. Well, we'll never know. This is going to be a mystery I go to my grave with. Damn it. <laughs> Them. Someone had an Irish accent. It was just one person? It could have been two. We can't confidently answer this, but maybe just one? Okay. Let me tell you. Someone came in strong with an Irish accent. And I was like, I didn't think that that's where this was. What about the Alexander? Our A.H., whatever the the guy, you know. I'm yeah. Good at- Marco's, Marco's circus daddy. Yeah. Ooh, circus daddy. Circus daddy. Can we get a hat that says circus daddy along with business daddy? We don't, we don't need Please. the business daddy. Just anymore. a whole line of hats. Circus daddy, business daddy, what's next? <laughs> oh, that's good. A daddy for each book. A daddy yes. for each book. <laughs> That's smart. I like A daddy that. for all types. I guess I'll never know. <sighs> okay. <laughs> for me, my favorite characters <laughs> were, uh, I really liked Sukiko also because she seemed like a badass. It was like she was always casually leaning against a wall or a tent flap or whatever, smoking a cigarette and just taking in everything that was going on around her. I liked that she kept, she had secrets and she kept them and was the only one that knew what was going on the whole time. Uh, Can I just say, I would pay $50 to see you lean against a tent flap and smoke a cigarette (laughs) and make it look cool. I would pay $50 to see that. I feel like Cordy's the one person I can see doing that, so <laughs> I don't know. I only look cool when smoking a cigarette. I otherwise just seem like a like your typical white girl nerd. But it's the leaning against a tent flap I need to see I, someone execute. I can do this leaning against a tent flap. Defy gravity. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, let's talk about the circus for a minute. I mean, we've been talking about it this whole time, but let's talk about it a little more in depth. Um, Does it not sound amazing? There is something so incredibly captivating about this particular circus. In my experience, the way this author descriptively writes about it really made me feel like I was there and a part of it. Did you have a similar experience? Yeah, you know I'm a sucker for descriptive writing, like I said Mm -hmm. before. Never thought I'd be into the circus scene, but something about her writing got me to that point. So Mm -hmm. here we are. Wow. Beautiful writing. I do have to Mm -hmm. say that. Fabulous job with imagery, and the language is really flowy. And okay, stick with me here. It kind of gives me the same vibes as Rebecca, which like dramatically different books, but the way Mm -hmm. that the author describes the scene and kind of expands on the setting, that's, that's where I felt the similarities. Yeah, also, I could see that. Someone on mm-hmm. Reddit said that this one was like reading descriptions of a Tim Burton movie. And honestly, I agree. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They gosh. said it was atmospheric at times, but redundant after a while. And I was like, you know what, anonymous Redditor, you might be right. <laughs> or a table read for a Tim Burton movie. That is, yes. Yeah. Okay. What was your favorite tent in the circus? 
or which one were you wishing that you could experience? The ice garden, because it sounds so pretty. Stargazing one, for sure, because I like that kind of stuff. It's the most mundane of all the tents, and I love that. So, <laughs> um, Also, I was looking online at a list of all the different tents because I wanted to make sure I didn't miss any. And mm. I don't remember these ones, but I would have been interested in the Tent of Bones, which is a museum of small pieces of bone on velvet cushions inside a glass box and you touch them and it plays the echo of a part of a story haunting Mm, interesting i like that and then the tent of books come on guys yeah that that one feels on brand yeah and it doesn't contain any books just chairs you sit on the chair you close your eyes and it causes the story of your favorite book to pass through your head and realized and imagined so wow catch me in the tent of books there are a few things i like more then sitting, one, and two, reading. <laughs> That's Hell yeah. So my favorite tents, I agree about the ice garden. Um, they talked about it so much that I just, I need to see it. Um, and I also liked the tent that Widget had made. It's kind of like the one with the bones, but there's all these bottles that when you open them, you would experience someone else's story. It's like old-timey virtual reality and i i thought that was really cool i love that description i would also yeah <laughs> um i would also like to experience the carousel that celia made with uh ethan barris because that sounded really cool it sounds like one of those um like the tunnel of love type things is what it, it made me think of but way cooler um and then I also would really want to go to what I'm going to call the food course. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can we Catch talk me about there. the food? Yeah. Uh, all of it sounded amazing. Minus the chocolate, was it the a chocolate mice? mice? I was like, why? Why? Why mice? No, and they talked about it was their, it was their favorite. Was what just... about the cinnamon bite things that they didn't know how to name? <laughs> what are you, a snake? <laughs> why? Yeah. <laughs> and of all the options a mouse um okay here's a fun question if you had a tent of your own in this circus what would you exhibit for example i would probably have a tent dedicated to convincing people to like the same thing i'm ki- currently hyper fixating on. that's amazing <laughs> i love that <laughs> um or perhaps be like a fortune teller but people tell me their problems and i overthink for them coming up with worst case scenarios that's also good <laughs> stuff that is. Uh, I would attend. Also, are you, are you my dad? <laughs> are you my dad? I'm your circus daddy. <laughs> Stop. Yes. You are. Oh, I love it. That's good. Okay, if I were cooler, I would be like a performer of some sort. In my dreams, I'd be like a beautiful figure skater. I think you could do that. But what I would really like to do is make a tent for the people like me who can't relax. A calm atmosphere that makes you so relaxed that you nap. The tent of naps. I like (laughs) it. Everyone's silent. That. You only hear light nature sounds. You get like comfy blankets and pillows. Maximum chill. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. I love that. For me personally, I'm bringing Zeb with me in this hypothetical scenario. I think we would do dog tricks. We could yes. choreograph a whole routine, mm-hmm. teach him some off the wall stuff, practice till we get it down to a science, really wow the crowd. I love it. I could 100% see that. Get him a yes, top hat. Me too. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he would be so cute with like a little bow and a top hat. Oh, that's oh. mandatory. Wait, we're matching top hats. <laughs> Google's dog top hats. <laughs> Rush shipping. <laughs> uh, okay. Time is a major theme throughout this novel. There is a massive clock outside the circus. We talk a lot about clocks throughout the book. There is the fact that those in the circus and those associated age at a different rate than usual. Something I don't really understand. Do they age at all or did they stop aging? I don't get it. Um, even the book jumps around in time with Marco and Celia being on one timeline and Bailey being on another. What did you think the purpose behind the author's choice to tell the story nonlinear and was this frustrating at any point? I have an idea what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know me, I love a good time hop. So, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it always keeps me more invested into figuring out how the two different stories correlate or mm-hmm. it adds a new perspective to why a character is the way that they are. You know me. You know how I feel about nonlinear storytelling. <laughs> I can't even keep up with linear storytelling. I do respect the creative choice, but it isn't for me. Yeah. As soon as I saw that it, there was time said, oh, no. hopping around, I was like, oh, Erica's going to be so mad. She's going to be lost. <laughs> We're going to leave her at the first time hop. <laughs> Catch you later. <laughs> Basically. Uh, let's discuss Marco and Celia. Their relationship seemed truly romantic, like almost Shakespearean romance, though, um, the way it was told. What was your favorite moment between the two? And... Uh, a little side question. How did you feel about Marco's treatment of Isabel? I think the tension between Marco and Celia was perfection. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite moment was when they finally had their first conversation together mm-hmm. or when Marco kissed Celia. Um, and also, I didn't love the way Marco treated Isabel. He mm-hmm. should have let her go completely, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That was rude. Mm. Shakespearean does feel like a really perfect way to describe this romance, though. Mm-hmm. We could even go so far as to say it maybe even felt a little bit chaste. Mm. The romance maybe came off as, like, a little bit less passion, more pining, perhaps? Yeah. Not mm. necessarily bad, but they're just, like, we're in a ton of other elements carrying me through it. You know, I'm getting lost at time hops, so, like, mm-hmm. we need something else carrying me through. And the romance wasn't it for me. Yeah. Turn up the romance a little bit. I, yes. I've got to say, it the way it took forever to get to it, right. I was just like, come on, give me some, give me just give some me sizzle. something. Give me a long look or a lingering like a... moment of eye contact. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> give me stare some sizzle. To, stare into each other's eyes for just a moment. <laughs> a spicy hug. A spicy hug. Anything. Yes! Anything. Phenomenal callback. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh so good i forgot about the spicy hugs how could you forget about the spicy hugs right those are my favorite to think about (laughs) so good oh gosh okay (laughs) the spicy hug 
So I think the moment she realized that he was her competitor when they were in Prague, it was my favorite moment between the two of them. Um, maybe it was all the rain and her finding out, like finally knowing and him finally not hiding it anymore. And they're just kind of staring at each other in the rain. <laughs> See, I got my, my long staring moment. Um, I don't know. There's just something about that that made my heart like happy. I was excited and kind of like, ooh, this is sexy. The only like, but if it led to something other than just staring at each other, then they went their separate ways. And I was like, aww. <laughs> We know where this is going. Let's just get there. <laughs> um, that being said, I hated how he treated Isabel. It was like he was ghosting her, but like in this, like a snail, like slowest way possible. Oh my God. Imagine getting ghosted by a snail. It'd be so heartbreaking. A ghost snail. <laughs> I can see you leaving. I can see you. <laughs> That's exactly what it was though. <laughs> You're asking all your friends. You're like, do you think he's ghosting me? And your friends are like, no, definitely not. As he snails away. Leaving a trail behind. A trail of slime in the opposite direction. And your friends are like, no, he's just busy. Maybe he fell off into an ocean. That's great. He got run over by a bike. It's okay. Yeah, he got hit by a train, I'm sure. Oh. I want a picture of a ghost snail now. <laughs> I, yeah, now I want one. Scream <laughs> it. Oh, heartbreaking. Poor Isabel. So, speaking of Isabel. I want a snail and bowler hat. <laughs> yes, the snail has to be wearing the bowler hat. <gasps> okay. Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> No, that was, that was important. That needed to be said. That was... <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God, this episode's funny. Uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, okay, so speaking of Isabel, what a twist that she was magically keeping things in balance in the circus with her fancy bowler hat. Once again, a sentence I never thought I would say. Um, what? <laughs> Why do you why do you think Marco and us as readers underestimated her? So how did I miss this key part? I had no idea. Major <laughs> speed reading. I was, I was I was not um focusing on the bowler hat. So Okay, so I'll give you a quick rundown. Marco finally tells Isabel that he's in love with Celia. I remember that. Yeah. So she gets upset. She acts cool, but then as soon as he leaves, she takes out this box where there's a bowler hat with a bunch of ribbons on it, and somehow that balances out the circus. I don't okay, understand I the remember logistics her of it. Opening the box, I didn't yeah. remember what it had to do with anything. <laughs> somehow the hat was what was keeping everything in balance. Like there were magical strings that she had been like knotting that kept everything in balance. You lost she, me there. She yeah. destroyed the hat and everything all of a sudden was off kilter. Somehow. I don't understand the logistics. If you just like yeah. have like blinders on and you're just like, okay, that's how it is, it's it's enjoyable. But if you really start to analyze it, you're like, this is interesting. <laughs> yeah, I have a problem with that, but that's Well fine. that is also where we lost good Goodreads reviewer Stubb. Because Stubb <laughs> Gave this a one-star review. 
and said, man, as soon as one of the main characters wore a bowler hat, it was over for me. <laughs> Couldn't take it seriously after that. Also super slow and boring. But it seems like their key grievance was the hat. So I'm sorry, Stub. That was on June 29th. It's recent. Oh, that's funny, Stubbs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh gosh, yeah, I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Moving right along, um, the last like third of the book seemed like it was dedicated specifically to answering all the questions we had, and the and the questions we didn't even know we had, and then some more. Um, it also was unraveling everything behind the way this competition happened and sort of how it all worked. So how did you feel about this bombardment of information that we have? Were there any aha moments or was it all just too much to keep track of? Obviously, I did not do well because <laughs> I obviously missed a key part to why the whole thing was going down in the first place. So... We're all doing our best here. It's okay. Yeah. Fine. It's <laughs> We're fine. trying. I appreciate a good bring it all together moment. Lord mm. knows I need them. But I'm going to have to vote option B too much to keep track of because I wasn't doing a great job keeping track of it to begin with. <laughs> she was doomed from the start. Correct. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was a lot to download. There were plenty of moments where I was like, oh, yeah. Huh. But I can't really think of any particular ones aside from learning that Sukiko was Alexander's former student um, that had won. Uh, that was interesting. Also, she's like hasn't aged at all. Something about this magic, people just don't age. Um, and the other one was that Celia's father, Hector, was actually Alexander's first student. Um, and they they differed on like the approach to learning magic so that's why this competition started those were the two things that i remember how do we feel about the conclusion of this book i'm happy that marco and celia will be together i like that poppet widget and bailey are taking over that's cool but i guess the one thing that bothers me is how marco and celia are only able to be together as ghosts trapped in the circus. That just makes me feel claustrophobic. I have thoughts. <laughs> wow. You know the sense of accomplishment that comes with checking a task off your to-do list? That's how I felt about the conclusion of this book. If you meant about the plot, I have no further comment. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I, too, have felt that way. About my books. Many of your books. <laughs> So I get it. It comes around. <laughs> it comes around. Um, yeah, I have some thoughts about the ending. Uh, I was pretty ha happy with the outcome. Uh, the circus was saved and everything. But I had two things that made me pause. One, like Mary Page said, uh, Marco and Celia being trapped as ghosts. Do they really love each other that much that they're going to live eternity haunting the circus together? Like, how big like, is the circus? Right. Like, at some point, is she going to get annoyed that he takes, like, two-hour-long spectral poop breaks and turn on him? 
they have nowhere to go, and if they get annoyed with the, the other person's chewing habit or the ghost equivalent of that, they're fucked. Do you think ghosts That's chew? <laughs> I don't know. That's why I said, or, or the poop. ghost equivalent. Or poop. Do or the poop? ghost... I said spectral poops, so mm-hmm. I covered my bases with that one. You did. You did. <laughs> I'm going to keep it real. I read that first sentence, and I was like... She gets annoyed that he takes two-hour-long spectral poop breaks and turns him on. I flipped the word order in that sentence, and I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me. That's concerning. (laughs) If that's something Courtney's thinking about, she has some problems. I'm like, all right, Court, whatever you say. Weird kinks, but okay. (laughs) All right, put it out there on the pod. Get after it, girly. Oh, that's funny. Um... (laughs) The other issue that I had with the end um, was <laughs> Bailey's email address at the end. I mean, I know its purpose was to show that the circus lived on for a long time and that Bailey is like, I don't know, a vampire that never ages. But the magical vibe was snapped into the moment I saw at nightcircus.com. At least it wasn't a it- hotmail. <laughs> nightcircus at hotmail.com. <laughs> that would be better at aol.com <laughs> oh um okay last question the night circus is uh supposed to be a movie at some point i think covid got in the way of it actually starting uh surprise surprise um but if it, if and when it happens who is your dream cast uh for some of the major characters so I think Lily James as Celia, Ben Barnes, the guy that plays the Darkling, <laughs> as Marco, <laughs> Florence, how do you say her last Pugh. name? Yes, thank you. Florence Pugh as Isabel, Cameron Monaghan as, from Shameless as Widget, Sadie Sink from Stranger Things as Poppet, and Tom Holland as Bailey. I spent a lot of time doing this, so I, I went down a wormhole making this cast. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we talked about Lily James. I feel like she has that, would we call it, old-timey, like, yeah, look? She can, she's got that old-timey, she can do period pieces. But I think, I was kind of thinking, I feel like Cameron, um, yeah, would be a little bit too old for Widget. But I don't know any other redhead male actors. See, you say he's 20s. too old, but they also had, like, 30-year-olds playing high schoolers. Yeah. On sitcoms yeah. in the '90s, so like, yeah, I, I can, see, yeah, I can see that. But in my mind, like, they're like, because back in the in the 1800s, teenagers looked like adults to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they may be what 17, 18. Yeah, I life guess. aged you back yeah. then. That's true. Yeah. You've lived life. You didn't have you know? sunscreen <laughs> or baths. <laughs> I mean, you had baths, but if you had a lot of money. Otherwise, but, like, once you're... every month. Yeah. <laughs> and you shared bath water. Yes. Wish it... Oh, Stop. Oh. Stop. <laughs> I would not have done well. Not made for that time. <laughs> uh, I'm oh. sorry. I cut you off. Oh, no, you're fine. I also could see, like, Jude Law in there or Robert Downey Jr. as one of the older male characters. One of those people, you know. As A.H. and Hector. Hector. I could see yeah. Robert Downey Jr. as Hector. Yeah. Uh, that was fun. That was. 
Now it's that time where we wrap things up with a one-sentence summary. The only circus worth attending. (laughs) The circus is in town and I am confused. (laughs) (laughs) If I run off to join the night circus, it's for the food. (laughs) Amazing. Yes. (laughs) Well, that's that for that. We'll be dropping our upcoming reads in the show notes if you want to read along for next time. For the month of December... The Plight Before Christmas by Kate Stewart. And for the month of January, Her Country by Marissa Moss. I almost said Her Christmas by Marissa Moss. (laughs) Christ. Ah, That's so funny. And for the month of February, we're taking a vacation. So we'll be announcing March's book uh, at the end of Erica's episode in January. Whoop, whoop. See you in March. We're real friends who read books. I'm Courtney. I'm Mary Page. And I'm Erica. Get to reading. See you in two weeks. See ya! I don't like that. (laughs) Bye! (laughs) Bye! (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and follow wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you find yourself on Instagram, check out our page at Real Friends Book Club. Or our website, realfriendsbookclub.com. Special thanks to Brandon Schmunk for our theme music. And a huge thank you to... No. And... No. What do we usually <laughs> And a very huge thank you to our friend Jordan Stewart for our fresh coffee Oh, yes. I'm just going to let, let you do it this time. <laughs> and... Um, I'm going to start this sentence over. There's a massive clock outside the circus and lots of clock talk throughout the book. Clock talk. Clock talk. Welcome welcome to this evening's clock talk. Clock talk. That's our next creative endeavor. Stay tuned.